0: Okay, Um, I hope there's somebody here that enjoys a good party. Um, I I, I get to preach on the party that is gonna be the greatest party in all history. It's uh, referred to here in Revelation 19. Turn with me, please. If you're using your Revelation journal, it's page 70. But it talks about the great party. Um, and there will be no social distancing. You don't have to wonder who's bringing bringing COVID to the table on Thanksgiving, (laughs) hallelujah. There won't be any problem. And um, this is a Jesus party. Um, it's It's in his honor. He sent out the invitations, and he's invited the nations to his party. And all of Jesus' followers will be at the party Uh, Family members we didn't even know we had will be at the party. And the meal, the the menu is going to be special. You know, uh, every year at Augusta uh, for the Masters Golf Tournament, uh, the previous winner picks out the menu. It's always fun reading uh, what the... So this year it was Tiger Woods who won last year, and um, we'll we'll see uh, what Dustin Johnson picks for next year's uh, meal but at this meal, we already know the menu. They're going to be serving lamb. 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 There'll be lamb kebabs and lamb, lamb chops and loin of lamb and, lamb and a crown rack of lamb. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, it begins with, with this, these songs of anticipation. And contained here in Revelation 19 is the only place in the New Testament the word hallelujah is used. And it's as if it was reserved for the, the ultimate hallelujah party, the ultimate party, the ultimate celebration. The word hallelujah is used 18 times in the book of Psalms. It's the only place, the only book in the Old Testament that contains the word hallelujah. And it's contained four times in the new, um And they're all right here in this chapter. And it begins, Revelation 19, verse 1. After this, I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For his judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Now, what we find here, this is a Jesus party and it's a salvation party. And all these four songs are all giving a hallelujah to salvation. But the only way to understand truly appreciate salvation is to understand that salvation has two parts to it there is salvation from and salvation to and so often all we think about all we dwell on is the salvation to that we are saved to Christ we are saved to heaven We are saved to the the joy of, of being peacemakers and to be at peace with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ and all the benefits that we get, that we are friends of God. And we focus on that half of salvation. But the fact is, there's another whole half of salvation of what we are saved from and the price that Jesus Christ paid to save us from. The wrath of God. And, and three of the four hallelujahs are over what we've been saved from. And, and understand the context for these hallelujahs. In Revelation chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, it's all The wrath of God being revealed. The wrath of God being poured out against unregenerate people who are the oppressors of all oppressors of humanity. They are the the pedophiles. They're the white-collar crime experts. They are the deceivers. They are the, the bigots. They are the oppressors of people, the exploiters of people, the crushing of the poor. And then God reveals his wrath. And here this whole first hallelujah is hallelujah over the judgment of God coming forth to judge the, the unrighteous. It's the first hallelujah. And it says specifically for judging the prostitute. Verse 2, the prostitute. Now, we learned in chapter uh, 17 and 18 that there are going to be three, uh, really an unholy trinity toward the end of history. At the end of human history, there will be this Babylon or the prostitute or the painted woman. That's the first one. The second, there will be the beast, also known as the Antichrist. And third, there will be a false prophet, or the second beast, who will prophesy on behalf of the first beast, or the Antichrist. Now, I told you last week that I was going to submit to you for consideration who these three powers are, who they will be. And um, I'm thankful to be able to submit to you my best thinking over these three. The first is this one we come to in verse 2, the prostitute. Most people think that the prostitute or Babylon is a geopolitical group. Uh, maybe located in the city of Babylon in in the Saudi Arabia, Iraq area. Uh, Maybe it's that. Or maybe it's the U.N. Um, All of those thoughts are wrong because Babylon is not a geopolitical group. Babylon is an economic entity. Uh, the best we know about, the clearest we can think about Babylon is economic globalism, which would include um, the banking system. It would include, uh, clearly, the uh, Federal Reserve. It would include everything in our country from Wall Street to Silicon Valley. It would include Singapore, Singapore, the economic center of, of China and really of all Asia uh, uh, and, and Shanghai da- down to Singapore including um, uh, Hong Kong uh, obviously the Japanese uh, yen and, and, the, and their market trade and Wall Street and all those it's that entangled economic globalism. That is Babylon. But who then would be the beast and the second beast, the false prophet? Who are these? Well, the the, the wrong teaching that became popular is that the the beast is going to be the European Union. After all, it says that he has 10 heads and the thought would be, well, it's 10... the 10 countries that make up the European Union. Well, there are several reasons why that is most likely wrong. It doesn't matter how popular it is. Well, then who, who is the, the false prophet? Well, many have suggested crazy things. The Catholic Church and others have just kind of tossed up oh, a about this or this. Those are all unlikely. And I'm going to explain this for several reasons. But first, I want to put alongside, if you're taking notes, in uh, next to Revelation 19, verse 2, it's page 70 in your journals, uh, put Daniel chapter 2. In Daniel chapter 2, we find a vision that Daniel interprets. It was a vision given to the king of the day, Nebuchadnezzar. And this vision tormented him. But Daniel was given the accurate interpretation of representing four kingdoms. The first is the the head of gold, which was Nebuchadnezzar. The second is the chest and arms of silver, referring to an inferior kingdom, most likely Persia, that uh, took over uh, Babylon. The third were thighs of bronze that shall rule over the earth. And most think that that was the uh, Greece or the Greco Empire. But then you come to the fourth, and uh, the fourth, it says, it's, it's, the fourth is represented by legs of iron and feet of iron and clay. And it shall crush all things, and it shall be a divided kingdom. That's exactly what it says. It shall crush all things, and be a divided kingdom. Now, um, this could not have been the Roman Empire, because they did not crush all things, particularly they never took over Babylon. Um, And they, um, they were never a divided kingdom as represented. It says, not only did it depict picture of two legs, but it says those two legs represent a divided kingdom. The Roman Empire was never a divided kingdom. So what is it? Well, I submit to you an interesting thought for your consideration. Um, the one other fact we know about this Antichrist is that He will absolutely hate Jews and Christians. Jews and Christians. A divided kingdom that absolutely hates Jews and Christians and will rule Babylon and the nations. I submit to you the potential that this is being paved the way for this by Islam. Islam has the Sunni and the Shiite. It is categorically a divided kingdom. The Islam hates Jews and Christians, hates. And currently, Islam rules Babylon. Rules Babylon. Now, the the final potential argument for this case is that it says in Revelation 18 that the beast hates the, the whore of Babylon. Hates it. Now, the European Union loves Babylon. It's a perfect symbiotic relationship. Now, the the whore of Babylon, don't let the word whore throw you off. It's not talking about sexual perversion. This is talking about spiritual idolatry. That's the issue. The same when Jesus was brought up to the high point when he was tempted by the devil. And, And the devil said, bow down in front of me and I will give you all the nations of the world. That will be fulfilled when the Antichrist rules because all the nations will bow down to Satan and he will rule over the world at that point. All the nations will bow down. But Islam, unlike the European Union, Islam utterly hates perversion, hates sexual immorality, and it totally fits. The fact that the beast will hate Babylon even though they're in bed together for their mutual uh, benefit. A treaty will be uh, signed uh, to bring a veneer of very fragile peace that the nations of the world will sell out to. And it will be the ultimate control of Satan over individuals, over nations, over the global economy, and to the elevation of whatever that beast is will be the one that will... Okay, in the Quran, it promises that a world ruler will come called the Mahdi, Mahdi, a world ruler. And that a prophet will come with the world ruler, and his name will be Isa, or Jesus. This is in the Quran. So Mahdi is in the, the, the rise of this world ruler, a dictator, and the rise of a prophet with him is in the Quran. So, now, what are we to make of this? Does this give us any reason to distance ourselves from Muslims or condemn Muslim people? Absolutely not. We are to love all people. Jesus died for all people. It is our privilege, and now is the time for us to be sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with Muslim people. This is our time. This is our time to love and to bless the Muslim people. And in saying what I did, is this derogatory of a people group? No. But it is calling out an ideology. And we cannot pussyfoot around an ideology for fear of offending uh, people and live in darkness when it's unfolding right in front of our eyes. Let's not miss the obvious. Oh my God, take away our blinders and give us ongoing revelation. Now, could some other force be raised up? Sure. Could next month us get more revelation and more clarity to help us see maybe a different source? for for the Antichrist and for his prophet to come from? Sure! And could Babylon be more specific and more localized? Sure! But until then, we need to think openly and as clearly as we possibly can. Now fortunately, with all that explained, we still have three hallelujahs to go. Hallelujah! 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 So we come to the second, hallelujah, verse 3. Once more, they cried. This is this vast multitude in a loud voice crying, hallelujah. The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. Again, this is the first half of salvation. It's, It's what we're saved from. We're saved, we're delivered from the smoke. The smoke of the lake of fire. We are saved from that. And, but part of our appreciation of our salvation is even being able to declare a hallelujah over the smoke that's going to go up. And then the, the, the third hallelujah. Here we are returned to where these two groups that we were introduced to in Revelation 4 and 5, the 24 elders and the four living creatures. And they cried out, amen, Hallelujah. And from the throne came, praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, small and great. That's for every one of us. If you feel small, you're invited to the table. If you feel great, you're invited to the table. Because when you get to the table, when you get to the table, there's not going to be any small ones left. And there's not going to be any fancy pants, big shots left. The small will be great and the great will be small and the last will be first and the first will be last. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. And we're all going to be rejoicing that we have a seat at the table. Then the fourth hallelujah, verse uh, 6. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, hallelujah! Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory. For the marriage, here it is, the great party. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. For it was granted her to uh, clothe herself with the fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you ever worked behind the scenes at a wedding? It's, it's the most hilarious thing. Uh, a bride shows up a total basket case. You know, whether it's hair up in curlers or in jeans and a t-shirt, a tank top, whatever. And, and, and the, like the wedding's going to take place in, in a half hour. And, and in those last times, it's amazing to see a bride get ready. You know, like you never thought... That it could happen, and then uh, oh, everything falls in place. The hair comes out. The curlers are out. It's down, curled. Put it right in place, and she's got her gown on, and she comes in. Just the bride has made herself ready. Hallelujah, brothers and sisters, this is our time to make the bride ready. This is our time. That's what it's all about. This is the season to make the bride ready. As long as I am your pastor, my primary objective is to make the bride ready, to get us ready for this moment, for this party. Yesterday I was out going door to door. I loved it. I visited 61 homes. Yesterday, I shared at least partial gospel with 31 of them. And then I came to the door of Svetlana, 70-some-year-old Russian-born woman. And the Spirit of God told me, tell her the good news. Well, I shared with her about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And she said, I believe that. But she did not have the assurance of her salvation. And I shared with her a prayer. And she prayed with me the prayer of salvation. Yesterday, right over here. To get the bride ready. To get the bride ready. Next Sunday, we're having a party. It's going to be over there on our property right across this little street here it's going to be outdoor we hope to have 1500 to 2000 people we're going to have singing in seven languages we're going to have four mini sermons each giving the gospel and calling for response we're going to have a petting zoo and why because we're getting the bride ready we're getting the bride ready that's why we do this we're getting the bride ready it's all because there are people on our doorstep yeah. that would not come to Christ if they were still living in their unreached nation, but they'll respond here. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you. We're getting the bride ready. Wow. We're having that party in anticipation of this party. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Then the angel said, write. Write. Write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Would you receive that blessing? Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Do do you realize what a blessing it is just to be invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb? When we go door to door, we're inviting people to the marriage supper of the Lamb. When we have this party over here next Sunday evening, we're inviting people to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Blessed is everyone who's invited. What a powerful thing. Uh, I saw the temperature, it's supposed to drop down. I'm already thinking how many layers I'm gonna wear. Pick out your outfit, but come. Put on another layer if you're worried about it. Put on your wool hat, pull it down over your ears, but come. Leave your mask on, but come. We need you praying. We need you interacting. We need you blessing. Enjoy the evening. If you have to leave early, that's fine. It's a little bit of more of a come and go. But we believe that this year is going to be our best all-nations Christmas yes. ever. More people. More people than ever. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. In preparation for this party, Amen. we're going to have a party. Amen. Hallelujah. And then what what we see is ha-ha, what will initiate the party when Christ appears. We pick it up in verse 11. Then I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. Oh, the one sitting on it called faithful and true. There's two more names. Yes. Faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. See, that's the other half of salvation, what we're saved from. There's a battle. There's a price to be paid for our salvation. He judges and makes war. It's who he is. And then it says, his eyes are like flames of fire, and on his head he has many crowns, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. I love that name. I love it that there's more to Jesus than I will ever fully understand. I can love everything I know about Jesus, and yet there's, there's, a, there's a name that no one knows but even himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! What a, what a Lord. And then listen to this. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. You see, at this party, we're all going to be dressed in white. There's not going to be a smudge. There's not going to be, you know, gravy dripped on the front of your outfit. (laughs) Anybody have that problem? It seems like the older I get, the more gravy drips. (laughs) Hallelujah. No gravy drips. We're going to be perfect white garments. But he's, he's going to be the only one at the party wearing red. And it's not going to just be uh, made from sea urchin coloring or some other uh, dye it's, is, is red because it's dipped in blood. Yeah. It's not going to be any mistake where that red came from. Uh-huh. This is the real red. The real. Every time we look at Jesus, we're going to remember the price he paid for us and the name by which he's called. Think of this. With all the names, what's the name he's going to be called at this moment? Word of God. Word of God. He's always the Word of God. He's always been. John 1 1 in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1 14 and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. That's Jesus. And now when he appears this the second time, who's he gonna be known as? The Word of God. I've got something to tell you you may not have realized. You're never going to see the Father apart from seeing the Father and the Son. Did you know that? Oh, well, show us the Father. I mean, we might think that. Well, yeah, you can say that, but it's never going to happen. Jesus said, he who sees me has seen the Father. They are utterly inseparable, and he's the one who is the Word of God. He will always be expressing the Father to you. Colossians 1.15, he is the image of the invisible God. Hallelujah. Here he is, the word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, there they are, will follow him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, because he's the word of God. It's It's the sword, the picture of the word of God coming out of his mouth, with which he will strike down the nations. We're going to want to fight with him, but we're not, going to have, we're not going to lift a finger. He's got this one wrapped up all by himself. And then here's the wrath again. And he will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. You see, I'm telling you, this is why we must understand and comprehend the wrath of God. We're going to be seeing the wrath of God through the final events of history. We're going to be seeing it and we're going to be celebrating it as the other half of salvation. It's all of His grace, His justice, and His compassion merged fully in this moment. And on His robe and on His thigh, He has a name written King of Kings. Lord of lords It's not going to be a nice little needle point a tiny you know, what's that say It's going to be plastered yes big letters Hallelujah mm. Hallelujah Now If we had time, we'd look at chapter 20. There's three huge events here. There's the thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. And the saints will reign with him, particularly the martyrs. Those that had died will be raised and they're going to reign with Christ on the earth for a thousand years. Some say, oh, that's a metaphor. You take it what, what you want. But, but don't be surprised if there's going to be an actual thousand years. That's all I have to say. And then, <clears throat> and then the defeat of Satan. Hallelujah. That'll be a great one. The final moment when uh, Satan gets tossed like a gum wrapper into hell. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Jesus isn't even going to lay a hand on him. The angels will just take care of him. Just discarded. Hallelujah like a dirty piece of toilet paper. Hallelujah. And then we come to the last, the the great white throne. The great white throne. There's a lot of debate over, well, are Christians going to be at this great white throne or is this just for unbelievers? One thing I'll tell you, and I want you just to look at me for a second. I want to tell you this. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, I believe it's verse 9. It's close to 9. It says, We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We will all stand. Every Lithuanian, everybody from Madagascar, China, U.S., every nation, every civilization, Aborigines, indigenous people, some people groups that are no longer even on the earth. They've all been lost, they'll all be there. Bible says that. And we will give an account. It says for every idle word. It's amazing. Sobering. But I've got to tell you, I take it seriously, but I don't have one ounce of fear in me I look forward to seeing my Savior. I look forward to Him holding me in account. Because He holds me in account every day. This is my Lord. As we sang this morning, I am a friend of God. And there is now no condemnation. So are we going to be there at this, what's called the great white throne? Well, it depends how you read it. Yeah. But will we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ? Absolutely. Yes. But here at this moment, it seems to be the gathering of all those who never repented, mm. who never took the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Christ, for themselves, who heard The invitation to the party, but declined. That's what this is talking about. Because it says those whose names were not written in the book of life, and they will be thrown with the devil into the lake of fire that will never end. It is a reality. And over that, at that time when we see clearly the kindness and compassion mingled with the wrath and justice of God, we will all declare hallelujah, faithful and true. Vengeance is not ours, it's yours. And thank you for settling the score. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, the call for us from these two chapters is get ready, ready yourself, and ready others for the party. Invite others. Take every opportunity you have to to fill the party with people who live right at our doorstep. Think about this. This one got me this week. I never had this thought before. God knew that when he put this church here, he knew the 127 other nations that would move into our doorstep at this time. And could it be that he put you and me here To entrust us with reaching these people. He brought them here. He could have brought them anywhere, but he brought them here because he trusts you and he trusts me to take seriously the task that is in front of us. I believe that's part of why we are here now and why they're here now. Let's own it. This is our time. These are the best years of our lives. Let's ready the bride for the party. Would you all stand with me, please, and just hold your hands out to the Lord. Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Saturate us and marinate us with your holy presence. Empower us who would be inhibited at times to express the good news to a stranger to one from another nation lord lord hold us accountable in these days lord we don't want to just live out the rest of our time hunkered down in our bunkers lord break open the bunkers of isolation That we will be among those that ready the bride for the party. Lord, anoint us in these days to fulfill your purposes here in our community. That you would do great things in us and through us in preparation for the party. In Jesus' name.